Christ's arrival into the world changed everything. No matter where you come from, no matter what you are facing, what you have, what's been difficult for you, what's laid upon your life, what has uh, hidden you and broken you, and even as the song said, even made you unfaithful, the good news is that you can come to Jesus because he came to you. Christ's birth and his life and his death and certainly his resurrection has changed everything. You are here today, whether you're in this building, whether you're watching online, uh, you are doing so because Jesus came and changed the world. And not only changed the world, but he changed you as you surrender your life to him. You are new creations, the scriptures tell us. You have new lives. No matter where you come from, no matter what you face, no matter what your burdens and heartbreaks were, Jesus changes lives. He makes all things new. We're going to look a little bit of God's scripture today, God's, as we told the kids, God's gift, and we're going to be in Paul's second letter to the Corinthian church, and um, we're going to be in, in, uh, in chapter, chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to start with. And it's always important for us as we, there's a verse that I want us to focus upon, and it's a verse if you've um, followed Jesus for any length of time, you probably have memorized, you have read, you have uh, maybe heard sermons preached on it, and it's 2 Corinthians 5, 17, where it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and the new has come. In order to get a real handle on that uh, verse, we need to uh, read around it a little bit. We need to see the context in which Paul was writing those words. So um, I want us to uh, back up uh, a little bit into uh, chapter 5, and we could go to, um, let's start at verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others, but what we are is known to God, and I hope that it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you, again, but giving cause to boast, or giving cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about the outward appearance, not what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God, and if we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, and therefore all have died. And he died for all, and those, so those who live might not, no longer live for themselves, but for 
him who for their sake died and was raised. Now, from now on, therefore, we regard as uh, no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. There, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the uh, message, the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God has changed us. As we surrender our lives to him, he changes us from the inside out. We are new creations. The old has passed away and the new has come. And I love the intent, uh, the strength of uh, Paul's writing when he, when he says, um, it is a sure fact. The old has gone. He doesn't say the old will go someday. But he says the old is already gone. As we trust our lives to Jesus, the old is already removed from us. We don't have to live in that place anymore. And the new has come. The new is not something we get when we get to heaven someday. But the new is, is already here. And because we are new creations in Christ, we have a responsibility that comes to us. And one of the aspects of that uh, responsibility that Paul talks about, he says that we no longer regard anyone according to the flesh. We regard them spiritually. You know, for so often, most of us look at the people around us and we judge them by what we see. If they are well-clothed and drive a nice car, we assume that they've got life pretty much together. And if they are uh, wearing rags and sleeping uh, in the, on the doorstep of some downtown business, we assume that um, they are lost and without hope and... Um, maybe even for some, worthless. It makes me think of the story. Remember the, um, the story of the, the prince and the pauper? Where they exchange places. 
And the one who was the prince, the rich one, the one who had the safety of, of home and of life and protection, gives up all of that, and he becomes dressed like the pauper, and the pauper takes the place of, of the prince and experiences each other's lives. And the prince becomes judged based upon what he looks like, even though he has... Um, all wealth. And yet we do the same thing. We judge people based upon what they look like. And Paul says, no longer do we do that. But we regard each person by their heart. We see all people, all people as needy. We realize that all people need to be changed by Jesus, by the gospel, by the good news. That's why we go to Tijuana. Because we know that there are people who are spiritually broken, that need to hear the good news. We are called to share those things. And um, I haven't been to Tijuana in a long time. And I'm sure it looks different today than when it did when I was a kid. But the things that are in my mind of Tijuana was we were driving down the street and there was a, uh, a lot filled with uh, garbage and leftovers of life. And in the middle of that lot laying in the garbage and the refuse was a person. And in my little grade school mind, that person was dead. I don't know that. I didn't go and find out. But I was struck by, uh, that was my first really introduction into brokenness and poverty. And I made judgments as a little kid. And maybe some of those judgments were right. But what I should be doing, and even now as an adult, hopefully my mind has been changed, and I say, that is a person who needs Jesus. He needs the touch of Jesus. He needs to experience the love of Jesus. And that's what we are called to do. We don't judge people by where they live and what they wear and what nationality they are. We don't judge them by the color of their skin. But we see them as those who, for whom Christ has died. We see them sometimes as brothers and sisters in Christ. They have already surrendered their lives to Jesus. They know him and we are brought together then as New creations together, new family. Some of the people that we meet are, are broken inside. Their spirits are crushed, deflated, and they need the new life of Jesus. Whether they are little kids or aging adults, they need Jesus. And we are called to minister to their spirit. While we were down in Kansas, um, 
we went and visited uh, a dear, dear friends of ours, uh, a guy and a gal who uh, we were in ministry with way back in high school days. And um, he is dying of ALS. He's in a wheelchair. Um, and we, he, I don't know if I wanted to, but, but Dave explained all the things that are happening to him. And the more he explained, the more um, I saw and understood the pain that he's experiencing. And I remember him saying to, to Linda and I, I am not going to get better. This is going to kill me. So we were, talked about our past and memories. And um, at the end of the time, I uh, looked at Dave and I said, I've got one question to ask you as a brother. How's your spirit? How's your spirit? Your body is broken. It's not going to get fixed. How's your spirit? And Brother Dave said, my spirit is good. Oh, sure, there are some very dark times. In the middle of the night when you wake up and think about the future and the pain you are experiencing. He goes, there are dark times, but my spirit is good. And that's the question we need to ask one another. Um, not how are you feeling? Not how's life, but how's your spirit? How you doing in here with with your life? What burdens do you carry at, at that level? How's your spirit? And Paul says, those are the people. That, that's the question. That's the way we see people now. Because of Jesus, who, when we first saw him, was very physical. We sang, um, you know, about the wise men today. We saw that video and to realize that they came to that little place and they saw a, a real person, a real baby, flesh and bones. And that's how they regarded him as the one who would uh, be the king. They didn't quite understand that, but that's what they believed. And uh, an earthly, a bodily king. Paul said that's how we first regarded Jesus. But because of his death and his resurrection, we no longer regard him that way. We regard him much uh, more deeply. We regard him as the one who comes into lives and changes lives. And that's how we are to see each other and the people we come in contact with. And in that, then, we are given the task. The rest of the chapter says that God reconciled us to himself through the death and resurrection of Jesus. We are brought back into right relationship with him. We are reconciled. Therefore, we are called to be reconcilers as well. We are called to bring people into that reconciled relationship. 
to be reconciled with God. And, and I believe that the next step in that, too, is to be reconciled to one another. Those people that have been broken against each other, when we are reconciled to God, it opens up the door for us to be reconciled to one another. New creations, dealing with people in new ways. Forgiveness given and received. People reconciled, brought back into that relationship with God. That is the task we are doing, given to do. Because we are new creations in Christ, we are here to help other people become new creations in Christ. We may not be able to help all their outward problems, but God has given us the ability by his spirit to change lives on the inside. I keep on thinking about your work in Tijuana. And we realize that we can build houses we can give food. But that's all pretty temporal. The bottom line goal for all of us is to see lives eternally changed. That's the, that's the bottom line for us. Yes, we, we feed the hungry and clothe the naked and care for the widow and the orphan. We do those things. We are commanded in God's word to do those things. But if we just do that and don't help deal with their spiritual condition, we really haven't helped them in light of eternity. And so this year, 2022, I want to encourage you to um, think spiritually. That's not mean that, you know, you're flighty like the angels. But to realize that life is more than flesh and bone. To regard each other as spiritual beings. And to maybe deal with each other at, at that level. So I want to... Um, I make a resolution every year at New Year's. Maybe you do too. And this is my, my resolution. It's to make no resolutions. And I've kept that every year. You know, it's just, it works. I'm not saying that's good for you, but it works for me. But as we come to the new year, it's a good place to start. Uh, I, believe, I think it was... Um, uh, Pastor Anthony uh, last week, and he looks pretty good online, um, you know. But I believe it was, was Pastor Anthony that said that encouraged you to do new things this year. And one of them was to read the Bible chronologically. And so I said, that's like a good idea. So well, I don't know where, where Anthony's at, but hey, bro, I listened and I'm trying. So um, anyway, it's time for us to adopt new things. And let me give you three things to adopt 
that encourage you to adopt, that may help you in your own spiritual place. So you will be able to help others at that place as well. First of all, I encourage you to adopt daily heart monitoring. Uh, my daughter Lizzie gave me one of those, you know, watches with a screen on it. Um, it's not a very expensive one, but, you know, I've got one. Now, one of the things you can do on here is you can check your heart rate, the beats of your heart. And I've never really worried about my heart that much, but I'm checking it, you know, 20 times a day. See if it's still beating. It's kind of fun to watch the little thing turn. But I want to encourage you at a spiritual level to check your heart. To ask yourself the question, how's my spirit today? Maybe when you wake up, and maybe even before you uh, turn your body and put your feet on the floor, you would take a moment to say, how's my spirit today? How's my heart? Maybe you look back on yesterday, and it wasn't a good day, and you get a fresh start. God's mercies are new every morning. Check your heart. And then check your heart at the end of the day. How's your spirit now? What have you gone through? Where have you seen Jesus? Be aware of your heart, your spiritual heart. Stop throughout the day and check it. Just like I check my physical heart. The second thing that I would have you adopt is um, to adopt spiritual practices that are sustainable. See, the, the, what a lot of us do as followers of Jesus is we set the goal so high that we're bound to fail. Have you ever in your life said, um, I'm going to read an Old Testament chapter every day? And then I'm going to read a New Testament chapter after I read the Old Testament chapter. And then I'm going to read all the Psalms every morning. Old Testament, New Testament, all 150. How long does that take go in your new year? For many of us, it's about today. January 2nd, that we stop that process. Um, so I just want to encourage you to uh, adopt a spiritual practice or the spiritual practices that are sustainable. Maybe read a psalm a day. Maybe read... Um, a portion of Old Testament or New Testament. You know, I've come to understand that uh, too often we see our time in God's word as, a, as reaching a goal that will somehow please God. 
I've got to do this. And if I read all of this, God will somehow be pleased with me. Well, I'm going to remind you of something. God is pleased with you. God loves you. He sent his son for you. And even if you never picked up his word and read it for yourself, God still loves you. God doesn't love you based upon how many chapters you finish in a day. It's not a goal to be reached. Rather, it's a uh, time in God's word that we see as a gift that brings us into his presence. So set your goals sustainably. Little bite-sized chunks. And how about sharing your faith? That's another one that we set up at the beginning of the year. I'm going to share my faith with somebody every day. Now I'm sure there's somebody in the room that does that. But for most of us, that's just not, it's not going to happen. But that doesn't mean we don't share our faith. It means we develop relationships so that we can live out our faith and share our faith with, I'm going to ask you to do this, one person, one person this year. Start today. Maybe it means picking out a person who's your neighbor, your coworker, maybe even a family member, and say, I'm going to pray for this person regularly and uh, I'm going to ask God to open the doors to share the gospel. And I guarantee you, God will do that. He will give you opportunities to share the gospel or to bring them to church. Can you, you know, just as a side note, can you imagine it's if adult, well, we're kids in here too, if each one of us in this room brought one person to church throughout this next year, and they stayed with us, we'd have to have two services, right? We, we would not have the room. And that's only one person per person. I had a pastor who once said, each one win one. Thank you, Dr. Schuler. Each one win one. So adopt heart monitoring, adopt practices, spiritual practices that are sustainable, and I want to encourage you to adopt a new prayer um, practice. And it consists of this. First, start, stop praying. Start listening. Stop praying. Start listening. Let the, let the Holy Spirit prompt you. But you got to be quiet. And you got to be quiet for a while. And then I want to encourage you that after you've listened a while, that you narrow your focus. We believe, we tend to believe that um, we need to hold all the cares of the world in our prayerful hands. 
And God has not created you to do that. I think of the pandemic, and that overwhelms me. And I think of the fires in Colorado, and that overwhelms me. And I think the, the crises that my children are facing in their own lives, and that overwhelms me. And I think of trying to pastor all of you, and that overwhelms me. We think we have to hold it all right here, and I just want to encourage you to tell you, God did not create you to do that. Only God can do that. So narrow your focus. You don't need to pray for it all. Because what happens when we pray for it all, and we have our six or seven or eight pages of prayer things, which I do, um, it becomes again a goal. I've got to get through all of these rather than just stopping. Sitting with the one who can change the world and who has changed it in Christ, who has made us new creations. Try to adopt those things. I would just be an encouragement and I would be encouraged to hear what happens. Let's pray. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Hero. Have a blessed day.